Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. We preview film productions and events in the region and speak with creative entrepreneurs as Erie carves out its part in the wider industry landscape. This is Erica Berlin. I'm the president of the Film Society. I'm John Lyons, the executive director of the Film Society, a filmmaker and teaching artist. This week, for Film Grain, Dinner and a Movie at the Bourbon Barrel presents the hilarious new coming-of-age comedy book smart, for real this time, on Thursday night. Uh, John's going to tell you a little bit more about that. Our guests today are Brad Ford and Chris Risto of the Erie Art Gallery, and we're going to have a roundtable discussion on the importance of a strong arts presence downtown and what the city can do to both support the creative community and assist in cultivating the community at large. Film Grain Dinner and a Movie is our Wednesday night film series. Events take place at the Bourbon Barrel at 1213 State Street in downtown Erie, Pennsylvania. The series features a big screen, couch and table seating options, and great company. Dinner is buffet style and included with your admission. Vegetarian options every week and gluten-free on request. Plus table service all night long. Reserve your seats when you order online at filmsocietynwpa.org. So this Thursday, please don't show up on Wednesday. It's a rare Thursday night. We are doing a do-over of Booksmart. We had some technical difficulties um, when we tried showing this film before. So you have another chance to see this fast-paced, funny, great new coming-of-age comedy from director Olivia Wilde. This is her first feature film. She is an actress as well, a very talented actress. Um, it's one of the year's highest rated films. It's got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Story follows actresses Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein's characters who are two academic superstars and best friends who on the eve of their high school graduation suddenly realize they should have worked a little less and played a little more. They're determined to never fall short of their peers, so they set out on a mission to cram four years of fun and partying into a single night. Um, you've seen Beanie in Lady Bird, which we screened in spring of 2018, um, and Caitlin Deaver was in Short Term 12, which we also showed at the Erie Art Museum many years ago. And she's in Netflix's new series, Unbelievable, which I believe Erica has watched. Yes, she's incredible. Great. It's I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't watched it yet. It's um, I think it's like a 10-part series. Okay. But it's really great. It's about violence against women and how it is accepted and received by society. And Unbelievable, as the title, really does kind of say it all. Um, I'm going to start it this weekend. <laughs> You should do that. So is Booksmart like, a, is it kind of like the female super bad? Is it? They hate it being called that. Like Olivia Wilde hates it being called that. But I think that's a good yeah. descriptor. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little de- a little deeper um, mm-hmm. than. Well, I've only seen movie. half of it so far. So I'm really looking forward to seeing <laughs> <Yes>. the other half. <laughs> yes. And everyone that uh, got tickets originally for our September 4th event all of those tickets and reservations will be honored. So you can order through our website, as Erica said, filmsocietynwpa.org, and you can join us and check out 
this great film. Thursday night, not Wednesday. So our guests today are Brad Ford and Chris Risto from the Erie Art Gallery. How are you gentlemen doing today? I'm good. How are you, Chris? Very good. Oh, nice. Thanks for having us. So you guys are both Edinburgh University graduates, I think, need to be mentioned up front. Yeah. What uh, did you go to school for? Well, back then it was called Animation and Cinematography. Awesome. Which is now, I think, is Mixed Media, but... Yeah, I was a David Weinkoff uh, student, so great guy. David spent Weinkoff. a lot of time in Doucet Hall. I went for painting. Okay, straight BFA. Yeah, two art guys in here. So it makes sense that they're now with Erie Art Gallery. That totally you makes you sense. founded it, correct? Yeah, that's, I, that's your. Yeah, I founded it with uh, Margot Wolf, my fiance. I mean, you know, I said, "Honey, I got this crazy idea. Can we do it?" She said, "Yes." So. That's how it basically went from there. Oh, that's nice. And then, you know, the standpoint for Chris has joined on as part of the co-op. So we started a co-op to bring other community artists in to be able to do things and to help also drive the direction of the gallery right now. Um, you were actually are or were the president of NPAA. I still am the president of the NPAA. And, and what yeah. is the NPAA? The Northwest Pennsylvania Artists Association. Um, I've been president for five years now. This is my last year. Coming December, I'm all finished. Right, so that's a, that's a local nonprofit, local artists that promote artists, and um, they also do fundraising for scholarships to be able to give younger artists some cash to be able to go to school as long as they go into an art field. So talk to us about the location and the reasons for starting the Erie Art Gallery. Uh, you know, really, I was in Salt Lake for about 10 years, and I joined a co-op gallery which was about eight artists that basically split the rent, split the cost, and we had a gallery in the middle of downtown Erie. Um, we had a board that somewhat drove what shows we were going to do, being able to go out and do call for entries, and just to create a voice for artists. Mm -hmm. When I returned back to Erie, I tried to do the same exact thing. And as I was trying to move into spaces, find opportunities, things like that, there really weren't any. Um, I would be looking at a storefront, and you know, you know I would have to do a complete build out, I would have to do everything, and the guy's telling me $1,200. You know, or there is nothing. There's no power. There's no water. There's no electric. It's a great space. Yeah. I could do a pop-up show, you know, but uh, there was nothing there. So I kept looking, and it took about three years, actually. Okay. And after looking, um, I, I am a Freemason, and I make connections with the Masonic Temple downtown, and through there, I talked to them, and I pitched them on the idea. Now, they were trying to activate the empty storefronts. They had two businesses there. They have four storefronts, two businesses. There are some offices upstairs. And basically, they were trying to come up with a new culture of how do we bring people in to us now and how do we use the space that we have? Um, it's and kind it's of, a great space. Oh, yeah. they. Yeah. I mean, they do weddings and events, which kind of pay the bills, but they want to become more liquid and do stuff with the community. So after pitching them, they said yes. And, you know, I got them down to some rent that I could afford and be able to work out the business model so it it would, it would basically happen. So the, the space had water, had electricity, had a ceiling, had floors. Great. And all we had to do- <laughs> The yeah, basics. Yeah, you know. And all we really had to do was just clean up the walls, do a little bit of paint, and then just show up and put up art. So, I mean, that's not so much the 
reason, but it's always been an idea and a passion because activating a space and doing those things are so important to Erie that, you know, it was, I mean, I want to show and I have friends that are artists and having places to show in Erie is not easy. If you want to be a guerrilla artist and just randomly throw your art up, you can do that anywhere. Yeah. You know, the cops don't like it, but you can still do right. things like that. But being able to, a lot of the places in Erie don't, you know, you have to be an established artist or you have to sell your art. So those are two barriers sometimes, because as an artist, we don't know why we're doing what we're doing, but we know this is what we do. Mm -hmm. And this is our voice, this is our take. So we need a place to be able to do that. Um, so that's what Erie Art Gallery does, is that if someone has an idea for a show or they have art, I allow them to have a space and make it what they want. So they're either just showing, but they can also sell. Yes. Okay. Yes, we still oh, have to pay the sale. bills. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's for sale. <laughs> okay. Sale. But <laughs> don't want to discourage that. Yeah, we don't, yeah. Yeah, we don't discourage that. You know, uh, but that's the one thing is that we can't. If the whole point is to sell your art, and I've had this, I've had artists who say, you know, I want to join Erie Art Gallery or I want to do a show. I want to sell my art. And I'm like, thank you very much. You're not what I'm looking for. But if someone says, I want to have a show, I have an idea, or my favorite part is, this may sound crazy. That's what I like to hear <laughs> uh -huh. because that changes the dynamic of what the gallery is because it's an empty space. What we call it is, you know, Erie's only white wall gallery because it's white walls. You know, there's nothing there's else no on it. Shop yeah, 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 there's right. no, there's no yeah. gift shop or yeah. anything, you know, and th those are all fine. They're part of the economic model. But that's why when you go to larger cities, there are people, their only purpose is to show art and to have a conversation. I mean, that's their only thing, you know, and they have people who support that. Mm -hmm. And that's their whole purpose. Not to sell, you know, not to make money, but to give the artist a voice. And then we talk about return on investment, right? So whenever I talk to a business person, they're always like, well, what's your return on investment? And I'm like, I pay the bills, kind of, mm -hmm. you know? And he's like, well, what do you do this and that? And I go, it's more of a social return on investment. Because it's hard to quantify when you have a young kid, an artist, who is not exposed to art or doesn't have those opportunities, walks in and goes, I could just put my art on the wall? Well, yeah. Or they go, I really like that drawing. Or I like, how do they do that? Oh, it's oil paint. Oil paint? What's oil paint? Hmm. And then that conversation sticks with that child. Yeah. And who knows, like, how do I check back in 10 years if he becomes an artist or a poet or a musician or a chef? Or, you know, how does that affect them? So we have to have faith that what we're doing is changing people on some molecular level that will, through mitosis, become a better person. You know, we, you know, how do you make Erie better? You make the people better. How do you make them? How do you make the people better? You educate them, you inspire them, and you give them opportunities. That's what I was just thinking when you were talking. So inspiration is a big piece of yeah. what you're doing. When you talk about a student coming in and going, I've never seen this media before or yeah. or this this method. So what happens when they say to you, Teach me. Because I have connections, I usually make the connections or the opportunities of other schools. I mean, there's the art house, there's the events they have at the art museum, um, and even sometimes pairing them up with artists. Yeah, um, like mentoring and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I had two younger artists that came for the co-op. One had their studio, so he kind of lived there. So we just let it happen, let it be organic. And his art changed within that three-month span because now he was in a different environment submerged. Because what happens, a lot of artists work in their basement or in a little room somewhere away from everyone. Mm. And 
when we try to force artists to work together, mm -hmm. I'll steal a little bit of what Chris does, or you'll steal a little bit of what I do, <laughs> or we change the conversation and go, you know, I really like how you drew that eyeball. And you know, artists steal. Yeah. 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 So yeah. They're inspired by each other. Yes. No, we steal from no, each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm doing that. Right. You know, and, and so, I mean, that's, you know, you know, we're still adapting things and being able to create educational opportunities. Um, we're working with the basement transmission. So they have an art club. It's, and they say kids, but they're 23. I'm 48. So yeah, they're, they're kids. They're kids. <laughs> but they have an art club every Wednesday where they get together as a group and paint and talk and do things. And then, so I came in and said, let's do a show. Now, Bobby Jensen has done shows in their space, but not outside. So I'm, so my bright idea was to get them out and also show them, this is how you hang. This is why we hang. You have to make art tags. You have to show up, you know, when there's a deadline. So these are all the things that artists have to learn yeah. to be successful. That's really one of the most educational components we had is that I hand them a hammer that they've never used, yeah. a screw gun they've never used. Like they're, they're going, I'm like, no, just put the screw in and drive it in the wall <laughs> because they have never done right. that. There's a certain generation out there that's n never used hard, like never used tools. Mm. You know, they can go through an iPad really fast and do what they want to do, but right. they never use the tools. So this is never real had a space that yeah. gives them that that freedom. Right. You know, mm -hmm. to just get in there and yeah. do their thing with little guidance. Yeah, and yeah. to have anxiety, and uh, you know, and but all those things Wouldn't you have to conquer. To have <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to conquer those things. Um, and it's nice to pair them up with like someone like myself who's right. been exhibiting, you know, longer and you know, they can see um, oh, okay, I can in I, this is how I do it, you know. Um, this is how this person actually does make art and it's not just this like childish kind of pastime thing, you know. In the school system right now, there are art teachers working very hard to do the best they can with what they have, mm -hmm. to give the kids the opportunity to be artists. Though the only thing that I feel is that it's not enough and there's certain poverty levels that do not have it. You know, as I said, I have kids walking by the gallery and they go, how much to go, to go in? And I'm mm -hmm. like, it's free. Mm -hmm. You're like, what? Yeah. And they walk around, you know, I'm, I'm like, don't touch that. But you know, like, <laughs> you know, that's why the space is there is because we're in the heart of the city. So I always say it's art in the heart of the city. Yeah. You know, we have people walking by and with us pairing up with Chris, he has artists that have never seen these younger artists. These younger artists have never seen them. When we had the event, we had Chris's artists and the newer artists coming together, mm -hmm. you know, and being able to share ideas and hopefully each other's inspire each other because there isn't that going on. I think there's a separation. You know, your art's on the wall, there's the artist, it's done. Right. But where now, it can be a little bit different. So Chris, tell us a little bit about the Blood Black Nothing. The show started with um, last year when uh, Blade Runner 2049 came out. Um, there was, Fantastic film. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, there was a, the replicants were reciting a poem um, to kind of check whether they were disillusioned or not. And um, the poem was... Uh, uh, blood black nothing began to spin and it was uh it just struck me as um it was just this really impressive poetry and mm -hmm. i'm like this can't just be made up for the film so then i looked it up and it was uh vladimir nabokov it was a quote from his book uh pale fire and i'm like okay now i have to read this book yeah um so i read the book and the book just blew me away it was about this um fictional poet john shade um and he has a near-death experience and sees this tall white fountain 
And so he writes a poem about it. And the tall white fountain kind of embodied um, this proof of an afterlife for him. So it gives him this, uh, this sense of, you know, it was this profound experience. Mm-hmm. Um, then he reads an article where this other woman uh, also sees a tall white fountain. And so his, he goes on this journey to, to find her because it's kind of confirmation that what he saw was true. And when he meets her, it turns out that it was a misprint in the magazine, and it was, she actually saw a tall white mountain. But it doesn't throw him off. Right. It's just he still had this profound experience um, because he himself ascribed meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it changed nothing for him. And that, that's kind of the part where I was just like, you know, oh, this is, this is really... It's, it's an existential crisis, right. and um, but fits it, into the whole Blade Runner right, world, right? Yeah. And um, so, what I took from it, it was just like I'm going to use this poem, and I'm going to title some of these drawings based on verses from the poem, and also the first line, um, "A bullet back, nothing began to spin." I was like, I'm going to make every single drawing on black paper with white and red, mm-hmm. um, so they're all the same size. They're all um, um, twelve by sixteen. Um, How many in the series? There's 30, 30 pieces. And that was another thing when I went and saw the gallery. I had 15 and then didn't realize. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, this, this place is bigger than I thought. So like, had to make, I'm like, I got to double this. So, um, yeah, it's been the past three months I've been kind of preparing for it. And, um, we made it happen. That's awesome. So how long um, was the, I guess, the time span from uh, coming up with this initial idea until your debut this past Friday? To get everything together and up on the walls and uh, well, I did the half half the drawings were within the last three months, and then the um, the first half was probably within a year before that. But I didn't have a show in mind. I was just kind of you know um, I was just doing them you know um, and like and I'd never had a drawing show before, so mm-hmm. um, it just kind of came together. I was like you know I really should exhibit these because um, they're turning out really well. You know. Yeah. And then what's the medium again that you use? It's pastel. Okay. Yeah. Pastel. Uh, a chalk pencil and then like a red pastel and it's on black paper. Um, and they're all just, they all just fit together. Same color. It's very simple, very minimal. Um, they're pretty detailed drawings, um, but it was fun. It was really fun to do. But now I'm really sick of white and red. <laughs> like I need to get back into some other color. <laughs> well, I love that it's, you know, you were inspired by something you heard in a film. And that happens to so many people, um, whether you're an artist or not, you know, the, the concepts that, that we right, internalize right. From, from film really do uh, manifest themselves mm-hmm. in, in many different ways. And I love that the film used a poem from a book, you know, and right. it's just like everyone kind of inspires everyone else, you know, and we all just kind of work that way. You know, like you're, you're not in this creative bubble. You're, you're in this culture of, you know... Um, film, poetry, uh, performance, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of comments to what Brad was saying before about, you know, you see a piece of art and, you know, it can inspire you in whatever your profession is, right? right? Art can be useful in, you know, opening the mind and releasing your own creativity in whatever your field is, whether it be IT Mm -hmm. or um, the arts. Well, I'd say it's, I think, you know, we talk about not separation, but artists, filmmakers, you have to react to life. So you spend your life, how are you reacting to it? You know, he saw something that went ding, and then it's like, you know, it's like a little worm that starts in your head, and then it gets bigger and bigger, and you have to get it out. So this is how he chose to get it out. Yeah. You know, just like with films. I've done some filming, but it's usually one line 
that the story comes out of. It's usually one line, one reaction, a sunset, something that you build the whole film around. Yeah, that, that initial. Yes, yeah, that thought. initial ding, mm-hmm. and you know, so and that's one of the, and you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we talk about is we have to allow that ding to happen, yeah. and if you try to silo it with, you have to sell your art or it has to be this kind of art mm-hmm. or anything, it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, it, it it is you're going to have the same voice and repetition of the same things. Giving people the confidence and the space to actually have that ding, but believe it could be something else. I don't, you know, when you look at a film audience, some people look at it as art. Right. And some people, like, go to Tinseltown and they're just like, this is this is my entertainment. Right. So the difference between the two, maybe someone who sits down for a moment of entertainment gets that ding. They're not an artist. Right. But some kind of moment or visual or poem or even just a, a general sense and ambiance of the film can be that that spark. I think it's important to let people know, and maybe this is something that you're doing when you talk about young kids coming mm-hmm. in and being inspired by art and thinking, I could do that. But how can you how can you encourage anyone to do that? You know, I mean, I'm not an artist, but I can certainly watch a movie and see like, wow, this is like changing my worldview. Right. Or it's inspiring me to think about something new. And then giving someone the confidence to take that next step. Absolutely. I think... What we used to do at Film at the Erie Art Museum was give people the opportunity to process afterwards and talk about right. the concepts. Mm-hmm. And we don't really do that anymore, but um, I think there is value to that. We will get back into that. Yeah, I mean, may, and maybe it's <laughs> a different... Because I missed that a lot. No, so. me too. And yeah, I, I, those were great. <clears throat> yeah. But I think that it's probably not in the bourbon barrel sense that we do it now. There's there's probably other options maybe there. Maybe special nights. Maybe special nights, yeah. But yeah, it's a different audience. Mm-hmm. But I think the cool thing about what you guys are doing is having that open-door kind of accessibility to art, right. which, as you said, is kind of at first people are like, oh, well, what do I pay? And can I come in here and, you know... What does it cost to be involved? How do I join? Stuff like that, you know, because we're kind of um, kind of programmed to that's the norm, right? Yeah, you have to kind of educate the culture too. I mean, a lot of people ask me like about gallery night. Well, what does it cost? You know, I'm like, nothing. It's great. You know, like you just go around downtown and and all around town actually, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, and it's free. You know, it, it just it surprises me. Like, yeah, you know, you can, you can have a great night, yeah. jump to a bunch of galleries and. There's, there's no cost to it, you know. Yeah. Um, you just participate in, in the culture. And then the economic off of that is that I stop off at a local eatery, I buy gas, right. I go to the bar, you know, mm-hmm. I buy something downtown, which is also part of, you know, so even though that that's not centralized, so if we have more of those where people can come and do and see, then more people should, in theory, come down, more people should be inspired, more people should do what they need to uh, do. A good model is radius. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was one room, co-working space, you know, and now it's the whole floor. Right. Why? Because there's a need. But that need had to be grown. Like Fedorko and them didn't, like he had to pitch it every day and get the idea and people mm-hmm. had to have faith mm-hmm. and opportunities. And that's where we had one of the first pop-up shows was there. Okay. With uh, oh, I with uh, that. yeah, with like Matt Fang, and then uh-huh. I yes. took over. I was there too. And yeah, then I, I did the show that had the black asphalt paper on the wall. The one I didn't like. And I put <laughs> the lights <laughs> on the floor. He comes down. He's like, "What the <laughs> is that upstairs?" <laughs> but it was to get that conversation because out of there, people stopped me on the streets. They talked mm-hmm. to me. It worked. And yeah, and that's and that really was the big thing is that you know, and for me, 
I do make art, and Chris is always on me about to draw more and do stuff, but sometimes a gallery is my painting. You yeah. know, it's, you know, I let life figure it out, and I like, oh, I like how that sits there. I want that light there. And then that really resonates with me well, yeah. you know. and like, but when Space. I, yeah, like I like to activate the space with something, and then so it's an installation. So I react to life, and this is my art. I love that. So um, going back to what you said, you know, there is an economic impact mm -hmm. of having a gallery night, having people come down and, and see art for free. How do you feel Erie leadership has responded to all of these ideas that art is a driver of, of economic um, prosperity for the city? Uh, I think we're doing better, um, especially with like the mural projects and uh, different mm -hmm. different things. And now uh, Mayor Schember has uh, offices. They did the... Uh, uh, Dobbins Landing mural, and then there's another mural on General Tire, um, and they're outsourcing. They're they're calling other artists, um, which is and kind of partnering them with local people, though, right? right? right. Yeah, yeah, they're partnering with uh, like emerging artists who are younger, um, okay. and then the young That's the younger cute. artist is being paid. Yeah, um, and it's kind of like on the job training, um, and it's great to say, okay, like. Uh, this famous, you know, uh, Sat One. I mean, I, I didn't know who he was, to be honest, but um, he has a reputation, you yeah. know. And now, like our our town is kind of tied to it, um, so it's it's very cool. Yeah. How have you seen it change? Like, what's the time span where we've started to get better? Has it been the last ten years? I'd say within the last ten or mm -hmm. five to ten years. Um, yeah. I mean, I was heavily involved with the uh, mural project that was in uh, Little Italy. Oh, um, yeah. In that little neighborhood. Um, and it was kind of special to me because I grew up down there. Mm -hmm. And the neighborhood was kind of scary. I mean, in the past 30 years, it's changed dramatically. Right. And this kind of revitalized it. I mean, there was there's about 20 or some murals down there now. And it changed the face of the whole neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't look like a scary yeah. place. Like, I love that Erie Dance Theater yeah. mural. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron I drive past yeah. that a lot. It's yeah. just mm -hmm. gorgeous. So... Uh, you mentioned Little Italy, and I don't know if this is exactly Nineteenth um, and Chestnut. That mm -hmm. space, are you familiar with what they're doing there? So they're one of the locations for Gallery Night. I'm really interested in checking it out because it seems like a very new idea, and and that is, I mean, considered Little yeah. Italy. Yeah. 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 So I hope that neighborhood sees a little, a little more. You know, if that space becomes something that people feel attracted to, yeah. keep going back, they're going to want to build that neighborhood up a little bit more right and it's you know if you want to attract money large money you you need to take away risks if the yeah. place looks like crap the people are depressed and there's nothing going on those are three things that are risky to a business person but if you take that away where there's an art scene there's theater there's this going on da 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 there's a little shop that opened up they see that as an opportunity because they're not risking their money because anyone who has money is playing with someone else's money. And they have to make the right decision to play with someone else's money. Right. And the only way you can do that is risk. And if we can talk about it like the billionaire show, yeah. like that was one of the best things. Like I kept telling everyone, you should just hashtag undercover billionaire on everything you right. post. Sure. Why? Is that why you did that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that is going everywhere right, right now. Yeah. Like, so Erie, we talk about like what Erie could do is Erie has to stop going, hey, Chris, I'm having an art show. Hey, John, I'm having an art show. Right. We have to go, hey, Cleveland, we're having an art show. Hey, yes. Pittsburgh, we're having an art show. Hey, New York, we're having an art show. And they can do that by making connections. I know we have, right, we have yeah, Erie yeah. ambassadors. Yeah. And when I was younger, they paid them to go to bigger cities, introduce Erie, and bring business in. Huh. I think the same thing from the art that should happen is that we should go to other galleries, 
make fun buses, go oh, to Cleveland, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, and do those things, which then we're generating some revenue with people who want to go and it gives them something to do. But, you know, I can't keep asking the same person for money to help me out, mm-hmm. you know, or I can't keep hoping like right now for gallery night, how many, there's 21 places, I think, mm-hmm. that are open, right? Wow. So that's all going to, right, it's fantastic, we're activating, but there's only going to be 300 people that are really going to go and do all that stuff. Um, One of the things that we really stopped doing is we cut back on the food and booze because we had people showing up strictly for that, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're like, oh, it's really great. And then I forgot the one show we had, but we had 20, 30 bottles of wine and they were all gone. Yeah. And, you know, and we only had like 100 people in there. It wasn't like, you know, but they all drank and ate and locked out. So now we pair that back. So we get the people who are just there mm-hmm. to eat and to eat and drink for free. You know, and don't then, show up. Well, and you know? Erie has that open container lot. Like, go go pick up your own booze mm. and walk around downtown yeah. with yeah. it. You yeah. know, you don't yeah. have to just go. But I think people in yeah. really love free stuff. Well, yeah, Erie has sure a depression do. mentality yeah. still. You know, yeah. everything's like this is mine. I only have four. You can't have them. Right. You know, and a lot of the younger entrepreneurs and artists that I work with they don't have that mentality they're just like yeah sure whatever take it yeah go and help mm-hmm. the same thing with the gallery like someone like hey can i hang myself on this wall and i take a look at it and i go sure and they go i can just hang it i'm like yeah go right ahead mm-hmm. i mean i'll help you but mm-hmm. you know just go ahead and hang it up and they're thinking well, do i have to pay you well i'll take 10 percent. i'll take 30 percent, right you know something like yeah. that or if it's not going to work out i have people that pieces are 20 dollars. i'm like i'm not taking anything you know, just take your 20 bucks and go. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. but you have to allow that to happen. And it's going to be crazy. There's our business people listening to this right now that are pulling their hair out because, you you know, what is my return? Right. right. And, I, and I'm like, I, I'm an artist. That doesn't really count. I mean, yes, I have to pay bills and I have to work a full-time job to make sure the gallery stays afloat, you yeah. know, and I have to go and ask for sponsorships and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we have a 501c3 in process. We're waiting on the IRS right now okay. so we can apply for grants. Um, so, you know, there's all those things to, to, you know, there's all those things to do. But yeah. the gallery first was an experiment to see if we could activate a space and put people down there. You took the risk. Right. I took the non, I took the poor business risk. Even Chris, when I first opened it, he's just like, he's just like, well, then just close it if it's not, you know, you know, he's just like, you know, if, if, if you're not happy, it's not going to work. I'm like, ah, I know, I'll, you know, let me try to figure this out. And then another store opened. And then uh, you have uh, the fitness nutrition, which is the shake shop. Did you know that there's a shake shop there now? No. No. There's a protein shake shop on the Peach Street side. Peach Street? Huh. Yeah. So right there, you know where the Gannon parking lot is? Yeah. yeah. Between 8th and 7th, yeah. there is a, huh. I think it's, it's oh, it's like Bountiful Nutrition or something. Okay. And they do like protein shakes, wheat germs, stuff like that. Neat. And, yeah. But the, there's something in every one of those storefronts now. Yeah, it's funny how people don't go off of State Street. You know, it's like if the side <laughs> road, there's, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. I just ignore yeah. it, you know. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. And there's a lot, you know. There's a little, the t-shirt shop on the corner. Yep, t-shirt uh, shop. It's all filled in, you know. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like people think, oh, it's four or five blocks away. Got to drive. It's like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, Walk right. down the street. Yeah, turn yeah. the corner. It's so there. I know I, I can't help this because I had an idea. I had, the, I had a little spark when you were talking about competition for gallery night mm. and business owners. So if you're listening, business owners, why doesn't a business take over an idea for gallery night? And maybe somebody like, 
I don't know, Molly Brannigan's or some other downtown where we are organizing gallery night. Come here, get your drinks here. We're going to give you the to-go container with your booze in it. Mm -hmm. We're going to facilitate you getting the booze and leaving. Instead of the gallery. Instead of the gallery, we're going to, we're going to, you know, come in and buy this. We're going to do like a kickoff party. And then maybe we have a facilitator that's going to tell you about where to go. Maybe we walk with you. And as opposed to like a bus that's going to take you to, to Cleveland, yeah. walk people around downtown, help them feel safe with the with the That's walk. That's great. Isn't have a that, kickoff I mean, spot, yeah. hit yes. all the galleries in between, and then an end spot. Yeah. And then so, you're good. Okay, so and then they, you're not passing that off. If onto Warner the Theater, like when you go there, they give you a, if you buy the sippy cup to get your wine in, you keep it. You keep your little sippy cup, and then you can take it into the theater. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a opportunity for merchandise mm-hmm. where um, you have different galleries making something creative as a design, and then somebody invests in, like, this is my gallery night sippy right. cup, and I can go around and fill it well, yeah, at different yeah. bars. Yeah. I'm sorry, now. <laughs> no, no, no. But see, there's nothing crazy about that. It's just, you know, it's just the – it just. Somebody should pick it up. Yeah, someone should Just pick it up. Just do it. In Pittsburgh, when we go to the gallery nights out there, is actually the, there's a, a group, uh, I think it's called the Trust, and they actually provide the cheese and wine and beer at each event. Okay. So yeah. part of your cost to advertise and yeah. be part of it, that would help. they mm-hmm. provide, so you don't have to worry about it. You yeah, worry the about the space. Trust, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you worry about the space. Yeah. You get your show up, and then some guy shows up in a tux with, you know, cheese, crackers, a keg, and wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's in nice. every single space. <laughs> yeah. And now they advertise all of it. So everything says cultural trust, cultural trust. It's on the cups. It's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. They have, they're wearing a pin. So that's their brand. That mm-hmm. That's that's what, what they do. Now, Erie always has that one problem dynamic of being smaller. You know, so your risk is greater. Be, you know, if you do something, you're not going to have, you know, in Pittsburgh, yeah, 500,000 people are going to show up. Erie, 50 people might show up. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to figure out how to uh, consume that risk for a period of time right. until it starts to kick. Because Erie Art Gallery has been out for two years. And I talked to someone who lives in Mill Creek or Fairview. And like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to my gallery. Oh, you want a gallery? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's on the radio, TV, <laughs> internet. I it's think you're tough. friends with me on Facebook, and I'm pretty sure I tag you. <laughs> so it is yeah. not working at all. It is not working, yeah. you know. And that's changing the culture, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can, you know, you do it with a megaphone, yeah. and that's really the only way to do it. But yeah. that's why I say if we go to Cleveland, Pittsburgh, you get s- someone who has a little bit more mobility because – they're in a larger market. Mm-hmm. They have a little. They can consume a little more risk. They could come and do something here, and then maybe we could take a show and do something there. Right, partner. Um, up. You were. What was the Pittsburgh painting? I'm a part of the Pittsburgh, uh, the Associated Arts of Pittsburgh, um, and actually we did their. Um, I exhibited with them in uh, February a couple of years ago mm-hmm. for their gallery crawl, and uh, it was like the Cultural Trust paid for one of the buildings. It was three floors. Um, each floor had a different theme. Um, there was like hip hop upstairs. Mm-hmm. And then, like a, um, it was our sh- the the Associated Artists of Pittsburgh had their show, and then I can't remember the other one. It was it was a pretty wild night, but um, it was February. It was freezing out, and there was, I mean, the streets were filled with people. Wow. You know, um, and like That's here crazy. in Erie, it's like it's Siberia, and like nobody goes out right. anywhere. You know, um, but no, it was just heavily promoted, and it was amazing. It was an amazing night. Sat one of the the graffiti artists, like yeah. So his tag, all the push behind his own social media, washed over Erie. 
You know, so like there's photos and clicks now. People are like, well, no one's going to come see that. I'm like, no, actually they are. That's the one thing about Erie is like just because you think it's a dumb right. idea yeah. doesn't mean the other thousand people think right. it's a dumb idea. We're in our bubble. Yeah. They're like, I would never <laughs> do that. There's another world. I would never do that. And I'm like, okay, well, then don't. Yeah. But, don't, but until one don't of your good friends wants to do it, right. and then you're yeah. like, oh, I guess I will check it out because I get validation now from my <laughs> other my other right. buddy who's like, oh, yeah, this is a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the crazy part comes in. I mean, when you when you started showing those films, I'm not going to a museum to see a film. Right. You know, you know um, now I went and saw Boy Erased. Mm-hmm. with Margo. Now, I want you to know that I fought the whole way there because I'm like, I'm just out of work. I don't know what this film's going to be like. I don't want to go see it. Right. And I sat down yeah. and I experienced it and I had my ding. Now, I fought against the ding the whole time. Like, if I would have stayed in my mental state of where I was because I just got out of work, I yeah. got the kids, oh, no. duh, duh, mm-hmm. just want to go home, yeah. I wouldn't have been changed. After I saw it, it was a good film and it changed me. And also, I also won points with Marco. But, you know, so, you know, but that's the one thing is we have to get outside of our comfort zone. Right. And mm-hmm. so we had um, Erie Arts and Culture had uh, like a town hall with all the artists and creatives. It was, he, he was expecting 10 people. There was over 100 people that showed up. Yeah. And, you know, he was like, why are there so many, so many people here? I'm like, because no one's listened to us. <laughs> for the past 30 years <laughs> every time we said something like, we can't do that yeah. you know and yeah. you know or it's not the right artist or it's not the right, right person or you know it's not the right money or something like that so he listened to all of us and Erie Arts and Culture right now is coming up with an artist uh, strategic team okay. so he's mm-hmm. getting some people who are in not directly like I won't be on it because I own a gallery mm-hmm. but you know someone else might be on it because they are an artist mm-hmm. or that they work for a nonprofit that does that. So they can start getting those ideas and having, you know, if I, I always believe if something is being used by our tax dollars, we should kind of look at it before it goes up. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's like someone, some subject matter expert should look at it before yeah. it goes up. Um, I mean, I have an issue what with a the, crazy thought. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, so it sounds like, um, yeah, we're definitely uh, in a, in a period of transition to better days, better better leadership, mm-hmm. learning to use social media and the importance <laughs> of that, and reaching outside of um, our comfort zones, we we need to do that more as creatives. I think just listening to you guys, like road trips, learning. General, from- like I think there should be like more dialogue within the arts community, you know, like general critiques, um, like healthy critiques, you know, mm-hmm. like the Erie Art Museum started doing um, a critique uh, the first Fridays of every month. Um, I went to their first one and- How'd it um, go? It was great, you know. Um, so explain like for people who aren't in the arts community, what, what does a critique look like? You bring in a work of art, you mm-hmm. set it down and there was, a, there was four of us that actually showed up, you know, it was kind of small, but mm-hmm. um, I think we can make it grow. Um, and you just kind of have a dialogue about the piece you created. And um, it's it's kind of like, I mean, coming from like an academic, coming from like Edinburgh, being a, like a student here, yeah. like, I mean, critiques were a critical part of your education. Right. And then you move into like adult life and you kind of miss miss out on that. Because it's like, usually you're just in a void by yourself in your studio. Right. And like, I haven't seen anyone in days. Right. Or your mom's <laughs> like, right. oh, that's amazing. Yeah. You're great. Um, <laughs> Why are you painting boobs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I had uh, two other artists and um, we were talking about one of my watercolor paintings. And the one artist brought up to me, uh, she said, 
um, your image is fighting, I'm fighting between the background and your foreground figure. And she's like, either I want you to soften it up or make it even, even crisper. Mm. And the idea never occurred to me. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So next time I want to, I want to do that, you know? Um, and it's just, it's someone else. It's an outside point of view, um, that you just normally wouldn't come up with. And I think we just need Crucial. that. Yeah. I love this idea for film mm-hmm. that Critique. just went off in my head, like eerie movie house. If you're listening, like a nice mm-hmm. small space with a big screen, mm-hmm. intimate. Mm-hmm. And we have like a filmmaker Critique. each night show what they're working on their mm-hmm. rough cut or yeah. their assembly or something to other. Filmmakers. I have a, uh, I have an art film that I did, you know, I think it's 5, 10, 15 minutes long, you know. I mean, it's like eight years old now, but still. It, Let's you know, see it. There we go. <laughs> and and, and um, it was funny about that because it's called T-E-A-R because tear and tear are the same word. It just depends what context yeah. it says. So this is, once again, it's like black and white art film, Yeah. you know, just music, people moving around, doing weird things and stuff. That was some of the first, I can't remember her artist. I think she had like the clothed figure with the glass mask. It was like in all of my art films that I, I can't remember the name, but she was like one of the primary black films. And you have a character like that too, which dropped me. You know, the guy who's down in the hole, he has like the red cloak oh, and like yeah. there's mirror orbs around him. But anyway. In the exhibit? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But anyway, once again, there's this pattern growing. But that's the thing is that, you know, that inspired me and stuck in my head. And until I got it done, it was never going away. So I got it done. I showed at the Great Lakes Film Festival okay. and I did a couple other places and then I'm like, I'm done. And then I just moved on. Mm. I mean, it's on YouTube, but that's the, that's the same thing. I so. never knew you made a film. I'm going to yeah. check this out. Well, yeah. I'll have to share it with you. Yeah, please. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. You can uh, share us the information. I will, definitely. Link, yeah. link to it. And you can tell me how crazy I was when I put that thing together. <laughs> no, but even the way you guys used to do, like with the talking after the mm-hmm. movie, like I used to love it, you know, because it's just like you hear other people's point of view and it's just like, yeah, I I didn't get that from a film. And yeah. It's just like it, it makes you think about new directions, you know? Yeah, I don't yeah. want to say intelligence, but that, there's like a, there's a divide, right? You know, so there's like, you know, like if you just want to come and be entertained and then we want to talk about it. You know, so, you know, and hopefully they cross over, but it's like, I want to have an intelligent conversation about this right now. Right. Like, I want to voice my opinion or talk about things and get some feedback. Yeah. Um, because without that, you know, it's the same thing. I show something to Chris and he shows something to me and I'm like, well, I don't know what you're thinking, but we're being honest and going back and forth. And then I can either choose to think that he's right or, you know, it maybe spawns something else off. The worst thing I can do is show a piece of art to someone who has no idea what I'm talking about, no idea. And they come up with like, I don't like black. Right, and then they just you know, and they just go away, and I'm like, I can do nothing with that. I think we also need more uh, critical writing, especially like in our papers, you know. Mm, um, yeah, because yeah. everybody's really nice to each other, and like nobody right. will ever write anything bad. Yeah. And when they do, they either lose their job or <laughs> it doesn't get published. You know. Well, our um, next guests are the eerie reader. I think um, maybe we can float, get them float that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's going to be the place where you're you're going to get more critical mm-hmm. yeah i think yeah. we need more non-art people in the arts you yeah. know like leadership even, like even on our board like my board the board that uh for the npaa mm-hmm. it's all artists and if you ever right. work an artist um, yeah and you need business right you know you need people with a different perspective on the community that you're trying to serve mm-hmm. with your art that you're trying to put art in front of people well someone needs to think about it from a business perspective not just how can i help you make more money on your art which is sure. important like you need that ecosystem and that economy but 
thinking outside the box on how to bring art to the community, you just have to have diverse minds on that. Yeah. Right. Not someone that sits and, in their basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but actually, I, I, but actually, I think <laughs> guilty. But, yeah, but he paints. But actually, I think she just hit the you know, basically the nail on the head is that anyone who is trying to do something eerie should say, I need to go talk to three artists, three musicians, three poets. It doesn't take long. It might be crazy, you know, but it's that translation, that jump. Um, at PACA, which is another the uh, one of the things that we did was, I think Beth Zimmer at some time mm-hmm. brought business people and creatives in the same room. Awesome. And it was awesome, except they were arguing more than anything else because <laughs> the business person says, well, how do I make money? Right. And the yeah. artist person is going, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, and yeah. it's somehow we need to get someone in between there to translate yep. for that, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to take what the business needs are, remove the risk and take what will fulfill artists so they don't yeah. rebel and reject everything you're trying to do and then be able to find yeah. a common conduit for that. So yeah. that's a that's that's a definitely a big pointer. I feel like when this episode comes out, let's all tag every single place that yeah. was mentioned right. in this. And other billionaire. billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and let's uh, continue this conversation. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for being here. That's been our episode. You can buy tickets for Booksmart and the rest of our programming at filmsocietynwpa.org or at the door the day of the event. Doors open at 5.30. Next week, our guests will be Adam Welsh and Nick Warren of the Erie Reader to talk about the history of 40 Under 40 and their big October 4th celebration. On October 7th's episode, we'll have filmmaker Mike Berlin who will be joining us to talk about his career and share some reality TV horror stories. Yeah, I don't think I should be on that one. I don't know if he wants his wife interrogating him on a podcast. (laughs) Make sure you follow us on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Go to the Erie Art Gallery. Check out Chris's show. Until next time, this was Film Grain. This podcast is produced by Edinburgh University's Center for Branding and Strategic Communication. It's part of the Northwest Pennsylvania Innovation Beehive Network.